Hello and welcome to Odds and Evenings, mini-episode for the big internet math-off in association with a periodical. My name is Alex, and with me we have... Alaric Stephen, who is uh, very honoured to be in a tournament with uh, a lot of great people. With a lot of great people in the tournament. So, um, a periodical, they did it last year as well, uh, they invite some people, there were 16 of us, uh, to present pitches of something mathematical. So it could be an article or a blog, or we're doing a mini-podcast episode for it. And uh, in this first round, we're against the person who does free blue on brown, which is very exciting. Yeah. So, let's get into some maths. So, there was an actual experiment done a couple of years ago. It was with economic students. I'm going to present it as something that you can have a go at, Alex. Okay. Here's the setup. You've got a biased coin. It's going to come up heads 0.6 of the time. So 60% of the time it's going to come up heads, 40% yep. of the time it's going to come up tails. And you know this. This is perfect information. I'm going to give you £25 to start with. And they were really given this money. It was in America. It was in dollars. And you're given about half an hour to make bets on this coin. They capped it out. You could only win 10 times more. So you can only okay. win £250 from this. Sure. And if you flip quickly, you can probably fit in about 300 flips. Right. What's your strategy here? Well, each flip is independent of each other. Yep. Coins have no memory. So each step should have a small amount of reliance on the previous steps that I've done. Yeah. It's the same thing you're probably going to be doing over and over again. Just before you go any further with actually thinking about this, one of my students, Ed Sini, kindly programmed up at something for us to have a go at this. Okay. For listeners, you should be able to find access to the file as well. I'll put it in the show notes. If you load it up, it is there for you if you want to have a go. For listeners, have a go yourself. Have a little play. See if you can come up with a strategy yourself and then uh, unpause the podcast and we'll, we'll discuss some things. So in it, it's got your current wealth at the top in pounds yeah. and you can bid some amount and then you can either flip to try and get heads or you can bet on tails if you want. A heads is the one that's 0.6? Yes. Okay. Heads is more likely to come up. And what do I win? If you bid X pounds, if you win, you get your initial stake plus X pounds back. So it's one to one. If you lose, you lose the amount you bid. So say you so bet one pound and you won it, you'd end up with 26 pounds in total. So you don't get any extra for betting that it's going to be tails? No, you don't. I so just... why wouldn't I just go for heads all the time? <laughs> I included this because in this original study, which was done with a whole lot of uh, trainee financers, 67% of them bet on tails at least once. Hmm. People get a bit superstitious. Looking into the data a bit, the researchers came to the conclusion that when people had a lot of heads in a row, they were more likely to bet tails. I'm owed a tails. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Realistically, you should never bet on tails. So it's all about making sure that probabilistically I don't run out of money. Yes. That is part of it. Okay, so maybe I should do something related to the probabilities. So maybe I should do always betting 40% of what I have left on heads. Okay, yep, that is a strategy. We know it has to include the probability some way, yeah. because if it was probably to be one, you would always bet everything you had. Oh, that is true, isn't it? Okay, all right. So in this, you're talking about taking the same percentage of your wealth every time. Yes. Do you want to talk through that strategy? Um, well, if I take a percentage every time, until I get down to like the discretization limit of currency, yep. I've always got something I can bet, and I can always come back. It seems sensible to say, take the same amount of your wealth every time, because if you haven't got very much, you don't want to be bidding very much. And if you've got a lot, you want to be bidding more. Yeah, so it scales up. linear scaling. So th that does make sense. I think the question here is, what percentage do you take? 
Have you tried some bets? No, I haven't. I'm going to do that now. Imagine you were actually in this experiment. You had half an hour and you've uh, spent a few minutes sat there not bidding. So what happened is I bet 10, which is 40% of 25. Yep. And I was successful. Now I have 35. Lovely. And You're winning. 40% of that is 14, which I've just lost. So now I have 21. If we take this thing to extremes, we know that betting everything has a really high variance because there's a good chance that you can get bust straight away. Taking it to the other extreme, if you bet the smallest amount possible, if you were betting one penny, then that's really low variance. You can yeah. just keep doing that again and again. The problem there is if you can probably fit in 300 flips, it's half an hour, then you're winning 60% of them. So you win 180, you lose 120, you're about 60p up. So I feel like the 300 thing is kind of important, but not very. So it's probably enough to say that I shouldn't do some arbitrary strategy like what you just said, yep. because there is a limited amount. Yep. And there is a sufficiently large amount that I should do a strategy that is independent of how many that I've done so far. Yep. And that's all that matters about it. I agree. You're trying to maximise the growth rate of this thing. Whereas if you had one bet... Then probably, like, yeah, go for it. Just thing, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I've had three flips so far, and I'm up to 29.4. Okay. I could probably code up expected results, assuming I'm doing the same proportion every time. It gets quite algebra-y, but it's definitely doable that way. Yeah. So, you tried some numbers in. Do you think yep. you're doing um, too much as a percentage, or do you think you're not doing enough? It's swinging around. Yep. I was down to 21 at one point, and I've been up to 35. I'm currently at 29.4. How likely um, do you think you are to going bust? I think it would take me more than 300 things to go bust if I got it wrong on a consistent basis. Yeah. As you do your random walk, there's quite a few steps in that direction. Yeah. So maybe I should make it more likely for me to go bust because that would also increase the likelihood that I'll get more. If I give you some stats here, of these um, 61 people that, that took it originally, 28% of them went bust in that half an hour. Oh. That tended to be from them betting too much. And actually quite a lot of them bet very strongly at the beginning of it. 18 out of 61 bid everything they had on the first flip. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not really going to get you that much, because you could probably crawl up to something like 100, and then you can bet way more than that yeah. relatively safely. On average, people make 91 years in dollars from the $25 stat. With correct strategy, it should be possible for 95% of people to get up to the maximum. Oh, no, the maximum was 250 Yep. Okay. So to make 10 times your initial stake. Mm. I'm going to give you the formula, and then maybe we can analyse why it's true. We've got that it, we should be betting the same percentage of wealth. It's just a question of how much wealth that is. Yep. The formula for a win rate of P is 2P minus 1. That's the ratio of your wealth that you're betting, betting every time. So if P is 0... It comes out as negative. Okay. If P is 1... It comes out as 1, one. so you should okay. bid all of your wealth. If P is 0 0.5, then it comes out as 0. Because it should be doing the other one. That's where it breaks. Yes. If it comes out as negative, what it's saying is you should take the other side of that bet. Yeah. It's something called the Kelly Criterion. It is used quite a lot in gambling. But this is the thing that maximises your growth rate. 2P minus 1. Okay. It's, it's quite useful in stock markets. If you are trying to do some sort of investment firm and you're choosing like how much money that you're getting back on your things, it's the same problem as with gambling. It seems like an expression that's quite fundamental seeming. Yes. And so it's hard to tear it apart and say, oh, this part comes from this and that, that part comes from that. It's one of those things where I've seen a proof of it 
and to prove it, it is is a calculus problem. So you're you're differentiating it, and you're showing that if you do a little perturbation on that, you try two p minus one plus h, and then you try uh, differentiating with respect to h to try and do perturbations. It ends up that this is the local maximum. But it's one of those proofs which is a bit like when you do a proof by induction. You're confirming something's true, but you're not seeing why it's true. Yeah. So I am happy that it is the optimum answer. So 2p minus 1 is, in this case, yep. 0.2. Yes. So I should be doing 20% of the amount that I have. Yes, that is the best growth rate here. Okay, so when I was doing 40%, that was... That was too much. Interesting that it's that small. On average, these people that took the test bid somewhere about 10 to 15%. But the only reason they did that is because a lot of people were doing like static bets. They weren't going up by a percentage. They were just betting the same amount every time. And as their amount increased, that ended up being quite a small percentage. So it ended up as quite a low percentage overall, even though a lot of them were bidding very wildly at the beginning. You would think that once you, you know, if you were being sufficiently arbitrary that you could say, oh, I'm just going to bet $5 in their case every time, that when you got high enough, you would just say, oh, maybe I'll make it 10 now. Yeah. Maybe I'll make it, you know, maybe I'll make it 20 now. Looking at the data, a lot of people try to do things where if they had a string of losses, they'd double down or that kind of thing. Same kind of martingales, they were trying to uh, react in that way. Whereas the best thing you can do to react is just always do it as a percentage. Right. If you're winning, you bet more. If you're losing, you bet less. But that's what this linear betting does. Right. 2p minus 1 is like p squared minus p differentiate yeah pp minus one maybe you'd have more luck trying to analyze where it came from if i give you the slightly more generalized one we were doing it where you get a payout of one like a one to one on your bid so if you put in one pound and you won you got one pound back if you're bidding b to one so if you paid in a one pound stake you would get b pounds back the general ratio that you should bet of your wealth is p minus q over b so p is the probability of winning q is the probability of losing and then b is how much you get per Thing. So we were doing it in the case where B equals 1. But if you've got a right. 2 to 1 payout, it's, it's just popping in a 2 in the bottom there instead. Mm. So I think the fact that it became 2P minus 1 is just a fact from the fact that dividing by 1 makes everything a bit simple. It's okay. just P minus Q. And Q is? 1 minus P. 1 minus P. Yeah. So you get P minus 1 minus minus P, which is 2P minus 1. Yep. That's it. Interesting. Okay. Well, thank you, Alaric, for teaching me the Kelly criterion. No problem. I think it's useful. I will remember it as a formula. Hmm. Um, I'll, I'll put a link to the paper I got this from. It's quite an interesting read. It's written very well. It's got lots of nice graphs in it. Yeah. Um, and again, if you want to have a play around, if you want to uh, give it to your students as a, uh, a game for them to uh, thought piece on, the executable file is next to this podcast. That was fun. Cool. I quite enjoyed doing this mini episode. This tournament, people can vote for which pitch of mathematics they like best. This one is going up against Grant Sanderson from Free Blue One Brown, who has 1.8 million YouTube subscribers. So it would be a uh, be nice if I didn't get an embarrassingly few number of votes in this we one. We have 250 regular listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we have double that, but yes, <laughs> it's orders of magnitude less. Uh, so if you want us to save me from public embarrassment, we will include a link uh, to vote on this. Cool. Thank you, Alex. Wonderful. Thank you. Bye-bye.